0: You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday Morning Message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Amen. Dear you a cordial? I on the Live. God bless you and the blessings of St. Patrick to you all. Isn't that, isn't that a fantastic song? That's me, Bullard Joseph. I'm proud of him. He's a great lad, great writer. He's got a great talent. God bless you, Joe. We'll be posting that as well on our social media and we probably on Wednesday. We're going to get that video up there if you want to have a look at it up there or even share it when it gets up there. You can have a look at it again and refresh your soul. It's a fantastic song with a fantastic prayer and a fantastic chorus at the heart of it. Today, we're celebrating the coming of Christianity to Ireland. We're coming to celebrate the good news and the life breaking out here in the island of Ireland. It was brought here back in the early 400s. It was probably here before Patrick, but Patrick seems to be the guy who is the most outstanding of its proponents here in Ireland. He became known as the Apostle of Ireland. St. Patrick has been depicted in so many different ways, through so many different mediums, um, throughout history, in writing, and in pictures, and this one's a classic, a stained glass image of St. Patrick. It's kind of the, the classical image of the way that St. Patrick was, but St. Patrick was a very real human being. He's been depicted in so many different ways, like here's a classic, here's Patrick Bergen, this is the windswept Patrick. This is a movie made in the early 2000s, called St. Patrick. The legend. Here's another version of St. Patrick. This is, I think it's John Rhys Myers is disguised, is is the Welsh actor who kind of plays this serious, serious Patrick in the movie, um, I Am Patrick, which actually was on Netflix. I know it was on Netflix last year, I don't know whether it's still on Netflix now, but a very, very good movie, very, very enjoyable story. Here's the millennium, the millennium Patrick that's been presented in that same movie, that's in the same movie, this is Patrick. As a younger man. But this is one of my personal favourite ones. This is like the heavy metal Patrick. He's kind of like the guy from ZZ Top, who's ready to take out guitar and begin to lead worship, and he's got the whole kind of serious looking, give me all your love and all your hearts and kisses too, looks about him. And my apologies for the uh, cutting in on the ZZ Tops on there. But what do we know about St. Patrick? Well, we know this. His name wasn't Patrick. His real name was Mawin Sukat. He was originally from. Wales or somewhere they think between the Welsh and English border. So he was comes from a a, a Romanised, Anglicised family. He was taken as a prisoner or as a slave, as a hostage. He was taken from his family at the age of about 16 and brought, to Ireland, and brought to Ireland and put into the job of herding uh, cattle, or herding pigs and herding sheep, actually, it turns out, herding various different types of animals, and this was mainly in Ulster. But he escaped, got back to his home country, went to France, and then decided to come back to Ireland again. Long story. Actually, some reflections of the experience of the Apostle Paul, because Patrick was in France when he had a dream that the people of Ireland were calling him back. And he knew it was God's voice to him to come back and reach him with the good news of Jesus Christ. There he was, born in Wales. And his task was that of apostle. He was a planter of churches. He was a preacher of the gospel. He had all of the ministry of the New Testament apostle. He did them all. All the things that New Testament apostles did, Patrick did. Except for casting the snakes on the world. He did not keep the snakes all over. That is not true. And it's just a legend. There's lots of legends that go around about Patrick, but that's not one of them. It's more like the climate change kicked the stakes out of Ireland at the last time and got, oh climate change. No, it was a long time ago No, that's not the kind current one. What well, it was climate change that Ireland became cut off from the rest of the European continent and the stakes bailed basically bailed out because it was too wet and it was too cold to be here in Ireland. Remember the ancient one of the ancient Roman names for Ireland was here and here in the land of winter, I don't believe it not a Hibernia, was another one. Here we go. He was born somewhere around 380, 780. But we do know this, that he died around 460, the 460 or 461 on the 17th of March. And hence, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day on the 17th of March, not that he was born, and on the day that he died. And he has become the patron saint of Ireland. Here's an interesting one. He's also the patron saint of Nigeria. But for some reason, they don't seem to celebrate that. He's the patron saint of Nigeria. St. Patrick, St. Philip. Probably because the gospel was brought to Nigeria by Irish missionaries, and so they declared Nigeria's patron saint to be St. Patrick. But I want to look at something that Patrick would have experienced. When he came to Ireland, what was the Ireland that Patrick came to? And was it any really different from the Ireland we have now? Obviously, the industrialisation, the mechanism, and the modernity of today is different, but I wonder was Ireland really that much different back in then? And I want to look at specifically at one aspect of what Patrick would have experienced back in there. The title of this message is Living Wells, and when Patrick came to Ireland, he would have found pagan religion combined with druidic practices. And a lot of those Druidic practices took place around wells in Ireland. There's a big, long history and tradition of wells in Ireland, and, and the associations with wells, that wells have healing powers, that they were sacred places, and so on and so forth. And a lot of that actually comes from Druidic um, and pagan historical times. For instance, this is the well of St. Declan. It's down in Ardmore, down in County of Not far from where Thomas living, St. Declan's well. He, St. Declan, was considered to be a, a missionary to the people of the area of Warren, the, da- the area known as the Dacia. This is St. Declan's well. I would have visited this myself when I was a young man uh, with my dad. My dad used to visit this well. And this well is associated with healing, believe it or not. People would go to these places and they would experience healing. This is, uh, in this particular one, I remember my dad drinking the water from St. Well because he suffered from ulcers, stomach ulcers, and so he drank the water in the hope of getting better. Unfortunately, that didn't really work out, but the drug tagging did an amazing job afterwards. But anyway, this particular one is associated with the healing of digestive issues and so on and so forth. And there are over 3,000 holy wells in Ireland. Wells that are associated with being holy places or being sacred places, many of which are absolutely ancient and come from druidic times. Here's another couple that I found interesting: Saint Bridget's Well in County Kildare. Saint Bridget is another very famous Irish saint, in fact, the first of February is Saint Bridget's Day. And what would have happened at these wells in ancient druidic times is they would have performed druidic spells and magic. Because they considered these wells, which came out of the ground, to be an interface between the underworld and the upper world. They considered them to be portals to the spiritual World, and they would have come here, uh, come to these wells, and per- perform particular practices, including animal sacrifice, and even further back, possibly even human sacrifice, would have been performed at these wells. And they came on the firsts generally, so they would have gone on the first of February, they would have gone on the first of May, they would have gone on the first of August, they would have gone on the first of November. The last three being Lunas, Solan, and uh, Bealtin, the three the three fe- festivals that they were celebrating. And when the Christians came to Ireland, they saw this, and this is the context that they were in. Here's another one that they visited when they was a kid. St. Brendan's Well. St. Brendan's Well is an Ardfert in, in and is associated with orthopedic healing, believe it or not. Erdfert- in County Kerry, I remember going down with My dad, my dad suffered from a thing called lumbago and sciatica. And he went to this holy well to see if he could experience some of the healing poured on there. He did it in sincerity, and people still go to these wells today. Here is a real original. This is um, uh, Ballintubber in County Sligo. This is St Patrick's Well in Ballintubber in County Sligo, and the Ballintubber literally means Ballintubber of the tongue of the well, and the well is St Patrick's Well. But there's wells all over the place. There's three thousand in Alone. And fact here in the city, we have Ladies Well, which is over in Blackpool. We have Sunday's Well, at and Tobber and Downey, which is just uh, just up the street, literally from us. You have the Franciscan Well, which is now a bar, but that was also a well. St. John's Well in Carragilline, Well Road in Black Rock. There was wells everywhere. There's even Tom's favourite holy well, down in Ross Carberry in West Park, and it's called St. Fogna's Well. That's Tom's favourite well. He goes there every year, gets a few gallons of water, takes it home and makes a party with it. It's amazing. What the effect. Hey, of the is in the effect. Hey, Whatever is going you have it. There's actually even a well associated with healing mental illness called Hubbard, Lug- 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 I think it is, which literally means well of the man. Don't intrude, income to carry. Why doesn't that surprise me that it's literally Tralee to carry. Moving on very, very swiftly. But this was the context into which he came. So when the Christians came and they found all of these wells and they began to preach the gospel, most of these wells were then subsequently used for baptizing Christian converts. They spelled and spoke out the message of Jesus Christ and they basically made sacred as it were those wells. Now I don't believe in holy water, just for the record. But they didn't confront and demand or fill up the wells. They said, no, we're not going to baptize in those wells. And in a sense, in baptizing in those wells, and by treating them as Christian sacred places, they actually converted the places themselves. To Christian purposes, but I want to look back at the wells because you didn't come here for a lesson about wells in Ireland. Let's let's have a look. Let's go back into it. Let's go back for 400 years before the events that we were just looking at. Maybe even 350 years, and we're going to look at another well, and it's called Jacob's Well, and it's the story of Jacob's Well. I'm going to read from the story. It's from John's Gospel. The story of the Samaritan woman. Jesus meets a woman at a well, and I want to read. This story, I want us to look and just draw some conclusions that maybe we can apply to ourselves today and learn from our culture around us. May God bless us as we read his word in this modern day, in this modern tongue. This ancient words. May they come alive for us today in Jesus' mighty name. may God's people say? Amen. He came to a Samaritan village, it writes of Jesus in John's Gospel, chapter 7. at The village of Sychar. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat weary beside the well at about noontime. Jesus was very human. And one of the ways in which um, uh, some errors came in was the idea that Jesus wasn't truly human, that he was only divine, that he was only a glorious spirit. But Jesus was very much a human being, and I know you know that, but once upon a time that wasn't considered to be the case, he was considered to be divine only. He was very much a human being, he's tired, he's going about his business, he's tired and he's thirsty, and he sits down by a well, and he has an encounter that changes someone's life. Soon a Samaritan woman, someone that the Jews would have nothing to do with, came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. She responded. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew. You're a Jew. Jews don't talk to Samaritans. And I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Do you know the fantastic thing about this is she asks this quizzical question. I'm a Jew. Yeah, I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. Why are you ask me for a drink, The answer: Because he was thirsty. That's why he was asking her for, for a drink. Jesus, we see the way we see the way He walked. He walked in total humility. He was thirsty. That's why He asked for a drink. She tried to make some big deal out of it, but there was no big deal to be had. She was talking to the Messiah. She didn't even know it, and He was a very human and a very thirsty person. It goes on to say, Jesus replied, "If you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, I would ask you. You would ask me, and I would give you living." water, living water, he goes on to say, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I will give them will never be thirsty again, it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal Life, Hallelujah! Anyone who drinks this regular water is just going to get thirsty again. The purest time in the arid culture and the arid climate that they were living in, they're just going to get thirsty. But anybody who drinks the water that Jesus gives them will never thirst again. I love this. You know, you work with people, you live with people, you hang around with people, you encounter people who are gasping with thirst. They are thirsty, and they may not even recognize the nature of. They are thirst. Very often people think they're thirsty for one thing, but what their hearts and souls are truly longing for is encounter with Jesus Christ. That's what their souls truly, deeply need because only Jesus will satisfy the thirst in people's souls. Only Jesus can fill that thirst. But I I want to take it a little bit further. What Jesus said to her was, not only would they be satisfied in their thirst, something else would happen in them. He says this is what would happen. He says, it becomes a fresh and bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. It wouldn't just go down into them, pass through them and pass out of them. No, it would actually bubble up in them. The message version says that people would become like an artesian well. That would literally come bubbling up out of the ground. So Jesus' intention here is that people wouldn't just take the water and it would be for them only and for their purposes only. But that something would happen inside them. You see, people go to healing wells, and people in Druidic times, and even in early Christian times, and even in modern times, go to healing wells, hoping to get a short-term problem fixed, as it were, hoping to get an instant cure. And that well, remarkably, some of the wells actually do turn out to have curative, chemical curative properties. As a stranger, I just watched a program only the other night on TV, where they were talking about they did a the chemical mass analysis of a particular well in Tipperary and it turned out that it contained high levels of copper which was very good for treating psoriasis of the skin. Interesting one. And it turns out that it would have had some form of a curative effect. So it actually did have something there. But even if you got your skin healed, even if I you got your leg healed, your back healed, your stomach ulcers healed, no matter what you got healed, it would still be only a temporary fix. It would still only be a partial healing. What people really need is something that will change them from the inside out. Unless this has changed, unless the heart has changed, unless the soul is brought to life, all of the water we drink and all of the curative things that we take will have no benefit. But Jesus said, it's not only that, not only will you be made new, but you then will also turn into a well yourself. It will begin to bubble up in you. And immediately, this woman, having heard, and believe what Jesus said to her. Immediately begins to bubble over. The Scripture records it. Here it goes. It says the woman left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, "Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did." And so the people came streaming out in the pond from the village to see him. They came. So she heard the news, went back to the village. And told the woman, and told her everything she ever did. Now we know because you can read the narrative, we can read the narrative ourselves in John's Gospel, chapter 4, that he didn't tell her everything that she did. But he did tell her the important things that she did. He did tell her about the big things that had happened. In our lives. So it was our exaggeration, if you will. Everything I ever did, it's strange. We, we, we can have some things in our lives which cast a very big shadow on us. And, and we can begin to forget all the minor things. And you know, sometimes if we've got a problem or an issue or a stress, we can begin to forget about all the good things that are going on in our lives. We need to be awake and give thanks. But this woman immediately begins to spill out. She immediately begins to pour over. And begins to bubble up and goes away and tells other people about Jesus. She herself begins to become a well. She herself becomes a spring bringing good news and bringing living water to people. Jesus himself said, we, you're very familiar with this passage I'm sure from John's Gospel chapter 7. When Jesus talks about the walking wells of life. And that's what he wants for us. Jesus stood up and shouted to the crows, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. Anyone who believes can come and drink and have their soul satisfied. Anyone who believes, once you believe and you accept you can drink, you can know the satisfaction, you can know the refreshment, you can know the replenishment of knowing Jesus Christ in your life. What he goes on to say. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. He said, Not only will you get to drink, but living rivers will flow out of you. You will become a walking well. You yourself will be the person who is now doing the refreshing. You will be carrying the refreshing message of Jesus with you. you will begin to overflow. And he goes on to say this. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. He was talking about the Spirit who would be given to everyone. And so he was talking about the spirit bubbling up within us. Now we used to sing this song years ago. I got a real life Flowing out of me makes the lane to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I got a river life flowing out of me, spring up a well within my soul. And on it goes, and I remember I to sing that song, and remember dancing to that song. I probably shouldn't be singing indoors, coming should I? And I'd be there, I'm singing and dancing to that song, and yet the savior's going, yeah, but like... I haven't seen any of the blind seeing like it, and I haven't seen anybody who's lame walking after the river of light that flowed out of me. And so I kind of thought, well, I'm kind of singing it, but I'm not really experiencing it, because in my head, that that's what the livers, the livers, the rivers of living water would actually be like. But that's not what Jesus said. That's not actually what Jesus said. He said, he was speaking of the spirit, that the spirit would flow out of the person. And was Jesus saying something that was unusual or unique? No, he wasn't. Because everybody knows that we speak out of what we are and who we are and what we know. So whatever is in us is what comes out of us. Jesus had said to the the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, it's not what goes into you that makes you impure or good. It's what comes out of you. And Jesus was making this point very clearly when he said this. Uh, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from your heart. So, whatever is in you, brothers and sisters, regardless, whether, whether let me take it outside of the Christians, no matter what somebody is, whether they're a Christian or not a Christian, whatever's in them is going to come out of them. And whatever is in a Christian, is going to come over them. Are you with me? So that, that, that um, so that when we speak, we speak from what we know, from what we understand, from what we've experienced. That's what we speak. That's what comes out of us. And Jesus was only pointing out the plain fact that when the Holy Spirit is in you, it's the Holy Spirit will flow out of you. You just have to let it happen. You just have to let it flow. You see, sometimes we think, oh, this is a big thing, and I need to, oh, but no, you don't. You don't. It doesn't have to be some big burdensome, Oh, I have to step the Spirit out through me. No, you don't have to stand up and walk and go, thou no, save the Lord. No, you don't have to even do that. Not like, I hope that you don't have to do that because you're going to lose your job if you do. But all you have to do is let it flow out of you. Just let it come out of you. Because if it's in you, it will come out of you. If you are encountering Jesus, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it will come out of you. But it'll come out in such a good way. I just flash back to last week when I was talking about Paul. I was referring to Paul and about Paul. Paul was sweating in the spirit. Paul is there and he's doing his work. And as he goes about his work on these hot days, he begins to sweat. And it begins to kind of... Come out of them and, and he literally is sweating. And they mop his brow, and they take the cloths that he used to wipe the sweat off himself and they take it and they heal people. Remember, what he said, It says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick. Now, I don't think Paul was sitting there going, Oh, come sweat! That you may bless people. I don't think it was anything even remotely like that. He was just sweating and literally, water was coming out of him, he literally was a spring of water that was producing miracle-working water. Wow! I mean, that's just, I personally find that absolutely amazing. And here he is literally being a walking well and a walking reservoir of the Spirit of God. And in the process, Paul is blessed and everyone else is blessed. you just got to let it flow. Here's what the scripture says in the book of Proverbs. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. The one who waters will himself be watered. That's an older translation version of it from the ESV. Basically, it's so the one who, the one the generous, will always will always be blessed, it, it says. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. So in the process of spilling over, you're blessed, and the people around you are blessed. That's the curious thing. The people around you are blessed. And, and, if, and, and so the water that's drawn up from you Refreshes and fertilizes and irrigates the soil and the lives of the people around you. Whether that's in your home, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, if you draw the water and just let the water flow out of you, the people around you will be blessed and you will be blessed. Now, I don't know about you, but I like mean being blessed. And so I think it's a good thing that we just let this thing happen. And you know, curious thing, the, 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 the one of the things that strikes me about is that if you go back to the old. Ancient Ireland that Patrick and his compatriots arrived at. And they had these old, sometimes very dark, and very evil Druidic places. They were once evil, but then they became wells of life. They became wells of faith. Now, like I said, I'm not going to a holy well, but you have to be back there, okay? It's very hard to judge from 1600 years later. Suddenly these things that were full of darkness and full of evil became places of pilgrimage and sacred places. The darkness became life and the magic became miracles. The magic became miracles. Hallelujah. Now we often say that Christianity was brought to Ireland and we celebrate the coming of Christianity to Let me correct the record right on that. Christianity is still coming to Ireland. Amen. It's still coming. So many of you who are out there looking at this today, whether you're looking on Facebook or Instagram or on in catch up on YouTube, you weren't born in Ireland. You came to Ireland, and you may have been a believer before you came to Ireland. You are the missionaries to Ireland. You are the people who are the apostles bringing the message of the good news. It doesn't mean that you have to go around in, in, in a bus with the word missionary written on it. Or you don't have to have a missionary position somewhere. You just have to be... Able to let it flow out of you. Have you got the Spirit living in you? If you believe in Jesus and the Spirit's living in you. you just have to let it flow. Because you have been sent. You are God's gift to Ireland. Hallelujah. You are God's gift to Ireland. Now we looked at St. Endes and St. Brendan's, and we looked at St. Saint, Saint, um, uh, Saint Bridget's, and we looked at St. Declan's, and we looked at St. Faulkner's down in West Cork, Tom's favourite. We looked at all these wells. But you know what? There are modern wells that are moving around living and breathing in Ireland today. What's the name of your wife? Today I'm in the company of St. Tom's wife. He's over there. He spills out the good things that God has put into his life. You see... St. Tony, St. Katie, they were speaking to us a good little fucking a while ago, they are wells, they are full of, of the Spirit of God and they just have to let it flow, just let it out of them. And what does that mean? What well, about my own favorite, I'm sorry, I meant to say my own favorite well is St. as well, it's a great well, it's been refreshing me for years, praise the Lord, What a wonderful woman, and blessed. But you know, there's a well with your name on it, you are the living well of Ireland today. And that's not some big burden. That's not some big, huge weight that you need to carry around with you. Because you cannot do what God does spiritually. And that's why, for instance, back in Zechariah, when when, um, Zerubbabel was coming back to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, the prophet Zechariah went up to him and said, Look, this work needs to be done. But I'm telling you, Zechariah, don't kill yourself because it's not going to be done by you alone. And it is the same for us today, the living wells who move around and live and earn. This is what it says. This is the word of the Lord to the Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It is by the spirit that these things will flow. And might say, oh, I'm very shy but my faith. Hold on a second. Remember, in your workplace, or maybe in your home place, I don't know everybody's situation, or amongst the people that you know, or the circumstances you find, very often you're the one person who knows the Lord in those situations. And what does it mean to be a well of life? Does it mean to stand there going, God says the Lord and the Lord shall repent? Not at all. It is a word of encouragement. It is speaking the words of life. It's bringing God's perspective. It is bringing a testimony. And when I say testimony, that doesn't mean you stand up in the place where you work or the place where you stand and say, I want to bring a testimony about. No, just telling people, yeah, I went through that experience, but you know, God spoke to me and led me to it. And just let it flow. Let it go out of you. Let, let, let it be naturally supernatural. Just Speak. From what's in your heart, and let God do the rest. Because you're not responsible for what happens after that. All you've got to do is be faithful to what God has called you to do. And in the process, you will also be blessed. Christians are never happier than when they're speaking about the Lord. Real Christians are never happier than when they're speaking about the Lord. and able to tell other people about what's going on in their lives and in their hearts. And in their souls so brothers and sisters this week in the coming weeks you are the living wells that are god's gift to Ireland oh, and yes. all you've got to do is show up and let it flow show up and let it flow let the spirit flow through you never know when yours will be a warden season you never know. just because we say this is a prophecy doesn't mean we don't speak prophetically Do you, you never know when you're going to have a warden season a word of encouragement something that would change somebody's mind and in that process you are the one who's bringing the life into the situation let me offer you this speaking about water And fridays i was reading in the scriptures i was reading exodus chapter 15 and you know The story is of the children of Israel having now left Egypt, and they're marching on. And they're actually heading out into the desert, and there's no water, and they're thirsty. And they come to a place called Marah. It's there in Exodus 15, verse 24. And it says the waters of Mara were called so because the water was bitter, and it was undrinkable. I want to state to you this morning, some of you who are tuned in this morning, this is a prophetic word to you. You are going through a bitter experience right now in your life, in your relationships, in your work. The waters of where the living, breathing day of your life is a bitter experience. And you're really, really struggling. And you want to know recovery and change from the situation. The scripture says that the Lord showed Moses a piece of timber, which is an incredible image and a fabulous allegory and shadow and foreshadow of the cross itself, was thrown into this bitter water. And it was transformed and became sweet so the people could drink it. I want to say to you, you may be in bitterness now, but trust in the Lord, trust in his purposes, trust in his plan, trust in his provision, and the bitter water you know taste will turn sweet, I declare, in Jesus' mighty name. I'm going to pray before I hand back to Tom, just very, very briefly. Um, thank you for tuning in. Tom's going to take it through to the last part of our service in just a second. But I just want to pray, and I won't pray for long, I promise you that you know I'm Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you brought the gospel here all those years ago, Lord, almost 2,000 years ago, the gospel comes to Ireland. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the transformation in this land. Oh, you rescued it from paganism and Druidism, Lord, and brought the light and the life of Jesus Christ to this country. But I pray, Lord, and thank you for all of the new Christians who have brought your life and light to Ireland. Lord, I thank you that Christianity is still coming to Ireland. I pray, Lord, this week as we go about our business, we wouldn't forget our heritage ...and our inheritance in Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that we would overflow in whatever situation we're in, Lord. I pray, Lord, that whatever is in us would overflow, Lord. And the people around us, Lord, would be blessed and refreshed... ...and hear good news and refreshing news. But I pray also for us, Lord, that we would know your refreshing power. We would know your refreshing presence. We would know your refreshing provision all over our lives... Every day this coming week, we pray in Jesus' mighty name and the yourself as the Nadini. Amen. God bless you. God
1: bless you. Praise God. I grabbed that there. Thank you. My goodness. I don't know have I ever heard uh, a word about the wells in Ireland and tying it into scripture and going back to pre Christian Ireland and what Patrick did. That was really fascinating. I, I personally am quite blessed by the word. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Comrade a uh, uh, Powerful word. Because growing up here, you see wells everywhere. And when I, you know, as a Christian, you see holy wells. You go, gosh, can people get beyond tradition. But you know what? The early Christians used it. And mm-hmm. instead of fighting people, they used it and they transformed it. May have gone back into tradition over a couple hundred years later. But there's a lesson in there. Anyway, thank you. Praise God. And thank you also again to Joseph for that fantastic self-written song, God Save Ireland, once again, that we played earlier. That was powerful as well. So in a moment I'm going to pray. um, But I'm going to do it a little bit differently today. But before I do, we want to just check back in on our quiz what was the Great Grace quiz today? If you remember, the question is, what was the Irish language name for Cork, or is? Was it A, Corkig, was it B, Cary, or was it C, Clare? Now, uh, which one? Well, Kerry stands for Kerry, and Clare, or Unclare, stands for County Clare. But the answer, and the correct answer, of course, is A, which is Corkig. I think all of the people, who uh, came in? Got it right. Thank you to everyone for participating. We really do appreciate it. It's a bit of fun, and it keeps our community strong and alive until we can meet face to face. But the secret judge has picked a name, and the name today is Alistair Telford. Congratulations, Alistair <laughs> Cohorticus. Congratulations, Cohorticus Alistair, big shout out to Liesl and little Jeremiah as well. Uh, Alistair is originally from South Africa, so you know your Irish names here, you're living in Cork, and Corky on Corkigmoor-le-Mouen, the big marsh of Munster. That's where our city gets its name. There will be a voucher for 20 euros, one for all voucher on the way out to you, Alistair, next during the week, so congratulations again. Keep tuning in as long as it is digital only. We will be doing a quiz to keep the community spirit alive. Now, I'm gonna pray a different way, and you may not have heard this before. As I pray today, I want to pray for Ireland. Would you join with me? Don't switch out because it's prayer. Our nation is still in a crisis. Will we pray for wisdom for the government and that God would heal our land? Hallelujah. And I want to pray the Irish blessing, one of the old Irish blessings, and then finally St. Patrick's breastplate, that beautiful prayer. So that's what I'm going to pray. Um, But before I do it, uh, I'm just going to pray for uh, the government here, and then we're going to pray the Old Irish Blessing and St. Patrick's Prayer. First of all, the government, would you join me? Just put down the cup of coffee. Seriously. Just join me, just for a moment, and then we'll do these prayers. We pray Jesus that you would give Hall Martin, our Taoiseach, wisdom. Amen. And the Thomas Leo Lear and all the governments, the health officials, whoever it is, oh God, would you give wisdom and insight, take away panic and fear, and instead, oh God, would you show the way out of this crisis in our land. Thank you for all the improvements, but we need your move, Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray, O oh God, what you prayed in Scripture, come and heal our land. We pray it Homede Gui in of and will a Amen and Amen. Hear the words of some beautiful prayers. Maybe you've never heard it before. This is the old Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you. I'm praying this for you. And may the winds always be to your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face, hallelujah. And until we meet again, may the Lord hold you in the palm of His hand. In St. Patrick's breastplate prayer, Christ before you and behind you. Christ beneath you and above you. Christ to your right. And to your left hand. Christ, when you lay down and when you arise. Christ in the mouth of all who speak about you. Christ in the eye of everyone who sees you. And Christ in the ear of everyone who hears you. Shenemogui, mm-hmm. that is my prayer. Uh, Thoric, that was Patrick's prayer, and I pray that that will be your experience and my experience. Everyone who sees you, everyone who hears about you, and of course everyone who talks about you, that Christ will be in their heart. What a blessing. We pray that for you and for the people you love, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.